Welcome to the Cinematic Commentary Podcast, or CC for short, the podcast where I, Luna, will be giving you guys my unvarnished opinion about movies that are definitely worth mentioning. I will be giving you guys my review, rating, criticism, and assets, as well as recommendations and tips for other movies you have to watch before you die. But other than that, let's start with the first episode. I'm very excited about this podcast. It's obviously the first episode, so I'm kind of still like trying everything out and everything. So I'm sorry if it, is, if it isn't perfect, but yes. Uh, for this first episode, I chose the movie Inception. Inception is one of my favorite movies since it is just an amazing movie. And I thought, what better way to start off my podcast than with one of these masterpieces. So let's start. Inception was made on July 16th in 2010. Um, it is listed under action, adventure and sci-fi. Uh, the duration of the movie is 2 hours and 28 minutes. And it has an 8.8 score on IMDb, which makes it the 6th IMDb movie on top movie lists. Which is amazing, because that is like, a really good score. So, uh, it is 6th place. Uh, obviously, on the 1st place, we have the Shawshank Redemption from 1994. On 2nd place, we have Godfather from 1972. On 3rd place, we have The Dark Knight from 2008, which is also a movie directed by Christopher Nolan. On fourth, we have Pulp Fiction from 1994. And on five, we have Lord of the Rings from 2000, 2001. Nolan has gone from low-budget independent movies to working on some of the biggest blockbusters ever made, such as Interstellar, The Dark Knight, The Prestige, and his latest release, Tenet. Uh, I saw Tenet in the cinema, actually, and it's such an amazing movie. I do have to watch it a couple more times to actually give my full review on it. But I'm very excited to actually watch it again, and you should definitely, too. Um, I believe all Christopher Nolan's movies are absolute masterpieces, but obviously today's movie is Inception. <laughs> uh, a fun fact is uh, his, co his wife co-produced each of his movies. Christopher Nolan's partnership and marriage with Emma Thomas is key to his success. While it's clear that the director's creative vision comes from within, there's little doubting Emma's influence in bringing his dreams to life and defining their value for the outside world. Um, so I think it's a really fun thing that Emma Thomas is his wife and also helps him with his movies. I think this really adds to like their marriage, uh, even though he keeps it really private, which I really like aspire because it's a very good thing that he keeps his private life apart from like his... Um, business life if you know what I mean so the first thing I will be giving you guys is the plot without any spoilers I'll be reading you guys the IMDB um, plot that just is given under the movie if you look it up on IMDB a thief who steals corporate secrets through the dr use of dream sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO I think this is just a very versatile and um just simple explanation of the movie and um it i don't know it doesn't really give me like vibes of like oh i really have to watch it but i mean you definitely should but i think they could have really stepped up stepped up their game why you should actually watch it because they are not really making it seem like a good movie in my opinion but you know that's just maybe my opinion let's talk about the cost um the cost is really just outstanding i mean we have just 
really great actors such as like Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously. So let's go through them. Uh, obviously, we have Leon Leonardo DiCaprio as Cobb, which is just an amazing actor. Leonardo DiCaprio, we all know, he does outstanding as, at his roles and characters. He plays them very well and really gets into them, such as, like, I don't know, The Great Gatsby, Wolf of Wall Street, um, Titanic, obviously, and just, I don't know, he really gets me every time, and I love that about him. And then we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Arthur. I really loved him, too, actually. Um, he's just kind of a side character, but I really did love him. Then we have uh, Elliot Page as Ariadne. I never really did like Elliot Page, to be honest, I'm sorry. Um, but he did does play an amazing role in this movie, but I don't know, he's just not really an actor I like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, then we have Tom Hardy as Eames. Oh my god, I love Tom Hardy so much. He's like one of my favorite actors and especially with his accent, he just is really just such a sophisticated character and you really just want to be him if you know what i mean then you have um then we have ken uh, what's what be i don't know how you say it he is a saito uh he's just a very direct role and very gets into your mind he knows what he's doing and i just really love that about him now we have um dilip rao i'm sorry if i don't pronounce these names right it's just sometimes they're very like yeah, hard to uh, explain. <laughs> he plays Yusuf. I really loved him, actually. He kind of is, like, in a comedy. He makes it kind of a comedy, this movie. And I don't know. I just really like that about him. Um, then we have Tom Berenger, which is Browning. Oh, I'm sorry. Tom Berenger as Browning. Um, he just does a really good job at doing this role. I'm sorry. My cat is being a fucking asshole. Okay, <laughs> then we have um, Cillian Murphy as Robert Fisher. Cillian Murphy is such an amazing actor. Obviously, he plays a role in um, Peaky Blinders, also in Inception, obviously, and just a lot of other roles that I just, I mean, I love him so much. Um, then we have um, Marion Cotillard, uh, Cotillard, I think, I guess, as Maul. I really love her too, actually. She's really just a very manipulative character. She really gets into Cobb's mind, literally. And I just, I don't know, I just really, I just really loved it. <laughs> then we have Pete Postlethwaite as Maurice Fisher. Um, he's just also a very manipulative character, I think. I mean, he obviously in a dream sharing technology he really just comes over as like one of these caring uh people or something but in reality is kind of a dick to his son uh, browning obviously um fisher i'm sorry uh now we have michael kane as miles um he doesn't really add anything to the story but i love michael kane so i guess that just adds to it okay that was the entire plot of the movie without any spoilers plus the cost um if you haven't watched the movie Inception, I definitely recommend you go away now because this will be the plot with the spoilers. So if you haven't watched the movies, it's on Netflix, I believe, still. And just go watch it right now because it is just so good. Okay. Dominic or Dom Cobb and Arthur are extractors. They perform corporate technology uh, espionage using experimental military technology to infiltrate their target's subconsciousness and extract information through a shared dream world. Their latest target, Saito, reveals he arranged their permission to test Cobb for an almost impossible job, which is implanting an idea in a person's subconsciousness or inception, if you may call it that way. 
Saito wants Cobb to convince Robert, the son of Saito's competitor, Maurice Fisher, to dissolve his father's company. Maurice is almost dying and Robert will inherit his company. Saito promises to clear Cobb's criminal status, which prevents him from returning to his children. Cobb accepts the offer and after some mocking, Arthur gives in and also participates in this mission. Now Cobb has to assemble his team, which consists of Eames, an identity forger, Yusuf, a chemist with a sedative for the dream within a dream strategy, Ariadne, an architecture student of his father-in-law, Professor Stephen Miles, tasked with designing the dream's labyrinth. Ariadne discovers that Cobb's subconsciousness houses an invasive projection of his late wife, Mal. She died when Cobb tried to perform inception on her, but she still lives in Cobb's subconsciousness, or at least her spirit. After Fisher dies, the team accompanies Robert on a flight where they sedate him into a shared dream. At each dream level, the person generating the dream stays behind to set up a kick to awaken the other members from the deeper dream. These kicks must occur simultaneously, despite time flowing faster in each successive level. The first level is Yusuf's dream in Los Angeles. The team abducts Robert, but are attacked by projections from his subconsciousness. Robert has projections because he is an important person, so he doesn't only have security in his real life, but also in his subconsciousness. Saito is wounded, and Copper feels that while dying in the dream world would normally awaken dreamers, but the sedatives will instead send them into limbo. Limbo is a world of infinite subconsciousness. It becomes clear that Cobb is the only person that ever went into limbo when he was with his former wife, Mal. Eames impersonates Robert's godfather, Peter Browning, to suggest that Robert reconsiders his father's will. Cobb tells Ariadne that he and Mal entered limbo while experimenting with the dream-sharing technology. Sedated for five hours of real time, they spend 50 years in a dream world. This is because every time you go into another dream, time slows down. When Mal refused to return to reality, Cobb used a form of inception by reactivating her totem. A totem is basically an object dreamers use to distinguish dreams from reality. Uh, Cobb has actually Mal's her um, totem, which is like this little toll or like little pin, I don't know how you call it, um, which basically only falls down in the right reality, in like the real world. And, it, and if he uh, spins it in like a dream world, it just will keep on spinning and spinning and spinning and then he just knows that he's in the dream world and not in the real world. After waking up, Mal still believed she was dreaming, attempting to wake up. She committed suicide and framed Cobb to force him to do the same. Cobb fled to the US, leaving his children in Miles' care. And uh, everyone kind of thinks that Cobb killed Mal, but she basically did it herself. Yusuf drives the team around the first level as they are sedated into the second level, a hotel dreamed by Arthur. Cobb pursues Robert that he has been kidnapped by Browning and that Cobb is his subconsciousness projector, leading Robert yet another level deeper as part of a ruse to enter Robert's subconsciousness. In the third level, the dream infiltrate a fortified mountain, a hospital dreamed by Eames, and hold off the guards as Saito takes Robert into the equivalent of his subconsciousness. Yusuf, pursued by Robert's projections in the first level, deliberately drives off a bridge, initiating his first kick too soon. He does this because he is being followed by the projections of... um, Oh my god, my fucking cat. Oh my god. 
I'm sorry, my cat was being a total dick. Um, let's continue with the podcast. Okay, um, he basically drives off the kick too soon because he's being haunted, not haunted, but followed by uh, Fisher's projections. So that's why he initiates the, fir- the, kick, the first kick too soon. Okay. <laughs> this causes an avalanche in Eames' level and removes gravity on Arthur's level, forcing Arthur to improvise a new kick synchronized with the van hitting the water. Maul's projection emerges in Eames' level and kills Robert. Cobb kills Maul and Sido scumps to his wounds. Cobb and Ariadne enter limbo to rescue Robert and Sido, while Eames prepares to kick by rigging the hospital with explosives. Cobb makes peace with Maul's death. I'm really glad he did this, to be honest, because, I don't know, Maul just keeps kind of slipping up in, into his mind, and I'm, I was really done with it at the end of the movie. I was like, Jesus Christ, Cobb, just let go of your dead wife already. I mean, obviously he has it hard and everything, but it just, I don't know, it really just took too long for me. Um, Ariadne kills Maul's projection eventually and wakes up Robert with a kick. Revived into the third level, he discovers the planted idea, a projection of his father telling him to be his own man and not take over his company. While Cobb searches for Saito in limbo, the other ride the kick back to reality. Cobb finds an aged Saito and reminds him of their agreement. The dreamers all waken on the plane and Saito makes a phone call. Arriving at Los Angeles International Airport, Cobb passes the immigration checkpoint and Miles accompanies him to his home. Cobb uses Maul's totem, a top that spins indefinitely in a dream, to test if he is indeed in the real world, but chooses not to observe the result and instead joins his children. I think the end is just, I don't know, it's just such a good ending because I was really rooting for Cobb to kind of like, you know, actually be in the right reality, but in the end it doesn't really matter since he's actually really happy with his life, how it ended. But I don't know, I just really wanted to not be it like a set for him and really just actually be good (laughs) so let's talk about my opinion even though i kind of already slipped it in here and there but let's read it just jesus christ nolan christopher nolan did the most amazing job someone could ever do on a movie so okay let's talk about what i thought of the storyline first um at first you kind of jump into it and i couldn't really follow which obviously all levels out at the end of the movie but i mean Nolan just kind of throws you into the storyline, which which you really have to be your thing. If if it isn't, it's just, I don't know, it can be really hard to understand. Because I first watched this movie when I was a little younger, I think when I was like 14-ish. Um, and I stopped it about 20 minutes in because like the intro of the movie is just, it takes so long. So you kind of suspect it is just the movie. Um, and I didn't get that at all. But I'm glad I did watch it again though, because... Ah, masterpiece. (laughs) The first scene is basically just a normal mission to kind of let everyone know how normal missions go before pursuing to the actual plot, which makes sense if you actually think about it. But I mean, he just kind of keeps it going for too long because, I don't know, it just, it didn't really keep me excited for the whole 20 minutes I guess it was going on I mean if they were just kind of made it a little shorter like 10 or 15 maybe even I would be very much more excited about it um I'm really glad I did watch the ending I'm glad I did watch it again though the storyline is just it's so complex and detailed that you're really caught up in the entire story um and I just really love like those planned out movies if that makes any sense like the movies where just everyone knows what they're doing such as with this dream shared technology because 
don't know, they were already like kind of, they knew what dream sharing technology meant and you were just kind of hopping on the train of them doing what they're doing instead of like actually in, uh, experiencing and kind of exploring this entire dream sharing technology, which can be a little uh, boring maybe if you if it's not a very exciting topic. Exactly. Um, but I really loved it that I was like kind of hopping on the train and like kind of just observing what they were doing instead of like actually being part of the story and being part of them like exploring it. If you know what I mean. I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> um, when the van got the first kickoff falling off the edge, uh, as I said, when Yusuf did that because he did it too soon, etc., etc., um, I was kind of shocked because the movie had still like movie still had 40 minutes left which wouldn't normally keep me excited if the plot of the climax of the movie is 40 minutes long i mean most movies are about like the the climax is about 30 minutes long and then that day is together with the um ending with the credits and everything so i thought jesus christ 40 minutes is kind of long if you still have to if you only have to do the climax left um but just as like Oh my god, that's my fucking cat. As soon as the van fell off the bridge, tension built up, which would normally only keep me excited for, as I said, like 20 minutes. But I don't know, at this time I was so caught up in it all that it didn't even matter. Probably because we also had like three different storylines. I mean, if it's just one storyline and the climax is 30 minutes, that would be really boring. But because we had like a dream within a dream, we sort of have had like a storyline within a storyline and also obviously a climax within a climax which just is just a really very good topic and just I don't know it kept me very excited throughout the whole movie as I said I also really loved the end when he spun the little pin toll thingy to make sure he was in the right reality I mean you could see it slow down and I was rooting for him to make it fall down to make sure like he was in the right reality and then when he cut the frame right before it fell or didn't obviously I don't know I just got fucking goosebumps i loved it so much um okay so that was my opinion about the plot about the storyline about everything let's now talk about my opinion about the cinematography writing and the actors i'd say if you're not really a movie addict this movie can be really confusing and hard to understand i mean it's not a movie for let's say a party because i I know people that like turn on a movie as like just kind of some background noise if they're like drawing or or if they're on their phone or anything this is definitely not a movie for those kind of events um it is so complexly written that you have to pay attention all the time obviously because you have a storyline within a storyline a dream within a dream it is just very complex and detailed that you have to pay attention um and so if that's not your thing this movie might not be something for you um but that's just something i'm trying to put out there if if you want to watch this movie The script of Inception is so pretty. I don't know. It's just very pretty. Very pretty. (laughs) I loved every line, which is understandable, since uh, it took Nolan 10 years to finish the script. That is indeed true. I looked it up. It is true. 10 years. That's like half of my life. What the fuck? All the actors are perfectly costed and play their characters so good. Uh, I have a f- couple of um, examples. Obviously, first we have Leonardo DiCaprio. 
who plays cop. He might look like a man that has it all together, but as you get to know him, he has some unresolved issues that he is working on, obviously with Maul and everything, and I just really loved it that we just kind of saw this, like, I don't know, it's kind of spooky, not spooky, but like, you could see that there was something wrong with him in his eyes. He plays the character so well because he's actually enjoying it all, but I don't know, he's kind of like... He has some unresolved issues that he is working on, but yeah, we kind of worked that out with him through the movie. Tom Hardy, second example, as Ames. He's a very formal, chic character that looks like a very noble, noble and sophisticated person. He dresses up very nicely, I think it's his British accent. Um, I don't know, I just, uh, I love him so much, and he just does plays his character so well like the line where he's like uh, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger darling and then he shoots lightly up the entire fucking thing i don't know i loved it so much um the cinematography of this movie is perfect the shots are amazing obviously the budget of this movie was a lot i mean i can look it up for you guys oh let's look it up together i didn't even look it up this um inception budget um it's just very pretty. Oh, the budget was 160 million and the box office was 836.8 million. Holy fuck. They like tripled, doubled, quadrupled their entire budget. Um so I think that with the money they had, they could definitely um made perfect cinematography which they obviously accomplished i'm very happy about like the entire look of the movie it is just a very pretty made perfectly made movie and i loved it so much or um some examples of what i really liked about cinematography was uh the third dream with like the snow and all the guards it was just a very pretty uh color theme i don't know how you can say it but the colors it was like a little bit dark ish with the blue undertone and then with like the white obviously and little just this kind of grizzled i don't know theme to it i really loved it obviously all the guards dressed in white with um, all of their equipment, which they were riding on, I don't know, I just <laughs> loved it a lot, um, and then, uh, the second thing I really loved about cinematography was the second dream, uh, where there was zero gravity at some point, you can look it up, actually, you just have to look up, like, Inception, Behind the Scenes, or, um, Arthur's Hotel Dream, Behind the Scenes, because Christopher Nolan actually made, um, the spinning thing, the spinning thing which they're recording the zero gravity hallway in in the hallway they actually that's a real thing and it really just spins around and it took like a couple months of practice to actually be able to um, <laughs> work with that because it's very hard i think another thing i loved about the cinematography is um the limbo stage where they're like on this big ass building and just the view and everything it's just fucking amazing and with Maul and everything, it's just very exciting and very interesting to watch. So, my general opinion. Um, overall, I definitely think you should see this movie more than once. Also, to be able to see more details and to understand the plot and everything better. Since it is just a very difficult movie to understand if you are maybe a little younger. Or maybe you just haven't got much patience to actually watch a movie <laughs> um so go watch it and i hope you will probably think about this movie 
for another couple of months because I sure did. I mean, I watched this movie for the first time, like, I think last year and I'm still obsessed with it and I still think about it now and then, um, which I hope you will do too. Might be a little over the top, but I am giving this movie a 10 out of 10. You can argue with me all you want, but I loved it so much. This was actually the first episode. I'm so excited about this. Oh my god. Um, I hope you guys liked it. Uh, follow my page on Spotify and wherever it is also comes on. Maybe iTunes. I don't even know. Um, I hope I see you guys next week when there will be another episode. Um, I'm very excited. Okay. Well, I hope you guys have a great day. Goodbye.